If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations, Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV on a Redemption Thursday. How you doing out there? Feeling good as we get set to enter into a rivalry rivalry contest against a unique and weird Miami team. I say that because I think um, I think they have some things that they do well, and yet they they stumble. Uh, for one of the obvious reasons is that they turn the football over. Right? They turn the football over a lot. But what's weird about it, and we get right into it. Welcome in, everybody. Appreciate you joining us. I'm Jeff. That's Tom, Director Matthew in the house. I, um, I'll get you my picks in a moment. I, I just, what's weird about this team, and I know you did some more deep diving, Tom, and I've been looking at them a lot, too. It's a, you know, this is a team I hate. It's a game I always want to win. I try to look at it from every angle when I care deeply as in deeply, deeply, deeply about the results. But I also do that for games that I'm going to bet. And so I'm always looking, you know, into some of the other numbers that could write the script. You know, you're trying to write the script. For people that don't bet, it's a useful exercise, even if you're not going to put any money on it. When you see a point spread, Vegas is telling you how they think the game's going to go. If you look at a total and then what the team is favored by, you can write the script. You can tell – 
how this game is supposed to play out according to Las Vegas. Doesn't always go according to script. We understand that. You can get to a number a lot of different ways. But it's fun to work backwards from that total and then the spread and write the script in your mind if you're intimately uh, knowledgeable about the two teams. It's an easier exercise. You know, I don't I don't cover the Mountain West Conference, but there's somebody who does, and when he sees those numbers that come out, he's writing those scripts in his head and betting according if he's a gambler. Um, but we do cover the ACC, and we do cover Florida State, and we do watch Miami, either to root against them, laugh at them, bet for or against them, whatever it might be. And so when I come up with that number, when you see the Vegas number at 50, 51, depending on where you look, and you see Florida State favored by 14, 14 and a half. Uh, that half matters greatly, by the way. Shop around. <laughs> but but when, you, when you do that, you start to write the script in your head. You start to think, all right, how do, how do they think we're going to get there? And what I think is fascinating about Miami is in all of the games that they've stumbled in or have had close calls in, you, you kind of look back and you realize, man, if you, and I don't care because I hate them, but you think if you dumbasses didn't turn the ball over, you could be a really good team. Like my instinct about that team coming into this season and my thoughts on what they were and now in watching them, I don't think I'm wrong about them. I think they have some talent and I think that they have, on the line of scrimmage, they have some real advantages. And I know you like you kind of like the crazy nature of their defensive coordinator and he's the guy that came over for Marshall, and he he blitzes and blitzes and blitzes and brings pressure and brings pressure, exotics, everything. They, they're they always pressuring the quarterback, and you'll note they don't care who your quarterback is. He could be a first-round draft choice. He could be the second pick in the draft. He could be a bum. They're bringing pressure, or they want to. Yeah, against Texas A&M, and that was Wegman. So mm-hmm. that's not a guy who's going to go top five in the NFL draft. No, he's not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so they bring pressure nearly 58% of the time. Yeah. 58% of dropbacks. Uh, Dominic Robinson, I talked to him off the air uh, when we were recording earlier in the week. He said the NFL average for blitz rate is about 30%. That's correct. So anytime you're in the you know mid-40s or upper 40s, you're doing some things. Like You, you are, are aggressive. Yeah. So this is nearly 58% of the time they're blitzing this kid. And when you watch the game, you feel that. You're like, Dang, Miami. And that's his this is week two of his first year as Miami's defensive coordinator. So this is this is how I'm introducing myself to the fan base if I'm Gidry, which is I am nuts. Here I it is every play. Pretty much it was. So then you flash forward a month later, six, seven games later, and they're playing North Carolina, and you say, All right, here's somebody who is going in the top five of yes, the NFL is. draft. <laughs> Are you gonna play him differently? And the answer was no. They blitzed him fifty one percent of the time. Yeah. They don't 51% care. of the time, and I'll tell you what, it worked. When they failed against Drake May in North Carolina, it was against a normal rush, a four-man rush, three-man, whatever it was, simulated, whatever you want to call it, a non-blitz situation. He threw for 11-plus yards per attempt and three touchdowns. Against the blitz, he completed under 48% of his passes, and his yards per attempt number was only 5.1. But I find all of this fascinating because Jordan uh, – so I think this game is a game of third downs. I look at this game as a game of third downs for both football teams. Now, a lot of people might say, well, whatever you do on third downs, critical. Not always. I mean, you can win games going two for 15 from third down. I mean, you, you can. I mean, yeah, if you have yeah. explosive plays or whatever, you win on uh, first down. or You go I mean, three for four on fourth, and they're three critical fourth correct, downs. Correct. Yeah. You can win. So it's not the old way of viewing football statistically. You can be bad on third down and win. It's not preferable. 
<laughs> it's not ideal to be behind the chains third and long incessantly. Typically, that leads to problems. Jordan's very good on third down, very comfortable. Mike calls plays as if it's going to be all four downs that are utilized anywhere near the 50. That's the way he calls plays. So you might see, uh, and I got to answer a question when we do ask me anything after the show today. I'm going to get on there. Sorry, guys, I haven't got to do it yet, but I'll do it today. There's a question on there I saw about how Mike calls uh, a ton of second down runs on second and long. Well, it's because he's preparing to go for it. He yeah. doesn't care. Essentially, it's first down in the old way. Yeah. He's doing, looking yeah. at it as, I'll get four here and we'll be third and six. And if and then if I get four there, we're fourth and two and I'm going to go for it. So he, he just, that's the way he views it. It's just a different way to view football, but it's increasingly more common across college football to have – very aggressive coaches who understand the math. Now, there are times where you throw the statistics out the window and go a little bit by feel, I, I think, but not every coach agrees with that. He'll always go by the numbers. So that, that's what's interesting. Uh, that said, Jordan Travis is very good on third downs. And he's very good against the blitz. And he's very good against the blitz. And why do I bring that up? Because I don't think we're going to win first down running the ball a lot. So I think that there are going to be plenty of situations in which we're in third down and they're going to bring pressure. The two things that we just referenced, Miami, because it's who they are, are going to bring pressure. And Jordan, being who he has been this year, is going to be good on third down. And he's going to have an opportunity because somebody is going to be in single coverage. And that person, whoever that person is, has to make a play. Yeah, remember, you know, Jameis' first NFL start. It was against Marcus Mariota. Yeah, he we threw, threw a pick, pick six, six to first start play. the game, yeah. You're going against, what is it, like a Dick LeBeau defense, essentially? That was exactly what it yeah, was. And yes. it's, but it's all multiple fronts. It's are they staying, are they blitzing, right, are, are they right. bluffing? Fire zone. Fire, all that stuff, mm -hmm. yeah. And um, it's much like, remember when Jimbo wanted his new defensive coordinator after Mark Stoops left to be Ellis Johnson, yes, who he was did. from South, South Carolina. Carolina? Same thing. You're loading up the line of scrimmage. There's seven dudes across from left to right for the tackles to consider. Quarterback's looking at it, and you go, all right, how are we going to block this up? Are they actually going to bring seven? Are they only going to bring five this time? Who's dropping out? Who's staying? All that kind of stuff. It puts consistent pressure on the quarterback, the blocking scheme, everybody to be on their P's and Q's because on the chance that they do bring everybody and it's a zero blitz, which they might, then you've got to be on the same page with your receiver. And that's where the one-on-ones come into play. And that's where the health of our receivers also uh, comes That's what we play. keep getting back to. Who will start this game? Who's going to play? Who's healthy enough to make a difference in this game? I think, you know, again, I'm comfortable with Florida State winning this football game. But I think there are going to be some easy moments. I, I do think there are going to be some times where Miami will get some stops, and, and you've got to be patient. Um, it's the nature of uh, this offense. We are a boom-and-bust offense. We are really big play reliant. We are not a team that typically puts together uh, you know, a nice mix on a drive, uh, meaning you get seven runs, seven passes. You're, you don't see that. You see, you see big plays, big chunk plays that make up the bulk of a, of, of, of a drive for Florida State. You might see seven runs, seven passes, but six of the runs go for one yard. Yeah. The other one goes for 23. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Four incompletions and three completions for 40 yards, and there's your touchdown. Yeah, we're weird. We're a very weird team yeah. um, when you look at us statistically. Uh, what I do like, though, is, again, when we get behind the chains, and because our offensive line is inconsistent, we frequently are, 
Jordan makes plays. He makes plays. You know, he has not a – lo- a lesser player will turn the ball over a lot in those situations, and he just hasn't. Now, he's had turnover- turnover-worthy throws, several of them, if you follow that statistic, several of them. He's been very fortunate. Go all the way back to the LSU game. Mm-hmm. That should have been a pick six at the 10. Yeah. I mean, it's a ridiculous throw. Um, and that was on the heels of the pick after the sudden change. Yeah. So, yeah, it would have been two in the first half. And he did throw the pick six against Duke, but he had a – he had a game, a pit, uh, a throw against Wake that should have been picked because of a slip, but he's had several of those throws, and so you worry about that a little bit coming in. It's I know the numbers say he doesn't turn it over. He's had a lot of turnover-worthy throws early in games. It's very strange he doesn't do it later. The thing I've seen with his pocket presence is the longer the play goes, the worse it is. He he doesn't feel it if it's not that initial first rusher. Like for example, last week there's a couple of situations where Pitt has two guys maybe from the blind side, not one. He sees the one, but not the second one. Yeah. And so he's rolling right, and you're like, hey, Jordan, get rid of the ball. Jordan, get rid of the ball. One of them's on the flea flicker. <laughs> I'm screaming it. Yeah, just live to fight another down. That's Miami's bread and butter is overload. They like to pick a side of the field. Sometimes they'll do it right up the gut, too. They're well, just going to bring more than you can block on a side of the field. That's the that's the scarier situation there. Which calls for getting rid of the ball quickly. And the good thing about Jordan is, like, you're seeing some of those moments where you say there's the weakness. But I'd say from the Syracuse game on, because we threw underneath a lot to throw over the top against Syracuse, from that game moving forward to present day, he's gotten the ball out of his hand a lot quicker, more routinely. He's had to last week against Pitt because we didn't have a whole lot in the way of of receivers, so he needed screens and he needed bubble screens and things like that. Even slants he threw last week. But that's what you're going to need against Miami. You're going to need to make decisions quickly because of the pressure that they bring. There's a growing sense, if you flip it, and we talk a little bit about Miami here, there's a growing sense that they're going to start Tyler Van Dyke. That continues to peak the kind of the buzz down there. And and I I, I'll it. tell you something, Tom, I really hope they do. They did it last year. They did, and we saw what happened. But they don't think that the kid can handle it right now, meaning the freshman. And, you know, honestly – it is hard to ask that kid to go do that. I mean, to come in here and having played as little as he has. So I think they feel like they would rather have a sort of beat up Tyler Van Dyke, who's played, you know, a a, a really good half of football here at Doak before. Yeah. He had a second you know, half. Yeah, he had an elite half. He played outstandingly well. Uh but it's 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 an interesting situation they find themselves in. I think I would go with a healthy backup in this situation as opposed to the the the, the injury riddled Tyler Van Dyke, but I they're going to I think they're going to start Tyler Van Dyke well, and I feel good about that. They still have Ja'Curry Brown, yeah, the kid they brought in last year. That, I mean that ragdoll, you can't well, put that kid out there. I mean, Jamie God. Robinson's not here anymore. Maybe uh, try your hand he again. Got bitched. It was embarrassing. Everything about his play last year was humiliating. I don't know. I've, I've uh, I'd play Emery too. You've uh, already yeah. played Clemson. I grant you was at home, so that means it was a neutral site game. So he's played in one neutral site game against Clemson that happened to be in Miami Gardens, and they won that football game. He had 5 yards per attempt. They had to throw everything underneath, but they controlled the ball. They had it for 36, 37 minutes, and that was their path to victory. I think that's a better chance than Van Dyke giving us the ball two or three times. But by all means, by all means, let the kids start. Go if for he it. doesn't turn the ball over, they've got a chance to be in the game in the fourth quarter. Miami does. If he doesn't turn the ball over. Yeah. Because they can get stops against the run and we make us one-dimensional. We've seen teams do that. and that, An outside shot. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm not picking Miami. I'm picking yeah. Florida State, and I'm picking us to cover. You'll see in a second when I give my picks. I pick Florida State to cover. But I think they could make it a game into the second half. I think we wear them down. I just don't think they have enough offense. I don't think they do enough on offense, and I don't think they're talented enough on offense to do to get into the mid-20s. If they get in the mid-20s, they're in the game. But I just don't know how they get there. Ooh, yeah, Special teams, short fields, that's the way they right. get Right, they there. play yep. good defense. They get a short field. Maybe you you know if you can create a turnover through pressure. Like if I look at it, I always do this. I look at it through the eyes of my enemy, right? So I would say like in that situation, could you get Jordan to turn it over? Could you could you fluster him a little bit? Duke did. I mean, you know, and, yeah, and, and Duke's really good on defense. And, look, and first drive of the game, you've got May. If you're Miami's from Miami's perspective, you got May throwing a pick six. You just drop it because yeah. of the pressure. Yeah, because of what happens is. It actually was a four-man rush. He, th- he should have thrown the pick six, but they're all on a swivel because of all the pressures. They don't communicate properly, and the right guard and the right tackle don't yeah. communicate. You get a free release. We've seen that on our end this year Oh yeah, where there's just somebody gets turned loose. So, yeah, it could happen, but a lot of things have to go right. That's why we're favored by a couple touchdowns. That's exactly why. Uh, and Florida State is, is, I think, getting healthy at the right time, getting healthier. I, I feel like um, I feel pretty good. About our situation from a health standpoint today, Johnny and Keon are great checks against the blitz. Oh, yeah. they're great counter cards against yeah. the blitz. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still waiting on a a firm sense of Keon's situation. I'm just, hey man, just what? waiting on that. Just waiting on that. Huh? Situation. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I feel pretty good. I feel real good about Johnny playing Saturday. Somebody's listening who I was supposed to call before uh, when I was on the road. Sorry, buddy. I'm going to give you a call. Are you okay? Me mentioning Johnny Wilson's status is uh, why that came up? I'll tell you in the break, and it'll make sense. Oh, that's kind of funny. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The redemption wagers are in my hands. I'll get get them to you next. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hello there, podcasters. Oh, don't worry. I won't prattle on for two minutes like I do with some of the other reads. Zaxby's doesn't demand it of me. <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips. We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a Beer Giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Don't worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so, peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. 
Action Thursday. Hey, you'll laugh. We didn't take one. I have bet my full deposit already at the Hard Rock. And uh, let's let it ride, baby. Let's go. I've got like uh, 10 bets uh, on, on the app. Heading into the weekend. So is it uh, time for the rock hard locks of the weekend? <laughs> We're going to start doing that. We have to start doing that. That's a great. <laughs> we'll have to get somebody to sponsor that. Hard rock would be perfect, although they might even blush at that one. So I wanted to uh, bet the Tennessee-Missouri game, and I uh, and I took Tennessee and gave the point and a half. I think Missouri's a little banged up. And I went on the app. I was at a red light on Monroe. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and make a pick here while we sit at the red light. And uh, I pulled up my phone and I pulled up the app. And I was thinking how awesome, what a wonderful world this is now that I can just. Ooh, this is a long light, too. I'm yeah, glad I missed this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I can just go through here and here we go. And so I pulled it up and I went to place a certain amount. On Tennessee, and the uh, app was like, hey, man, you're out of money. You've bet all your money already. Now, these are outstanding bets. They're not bets that have been solved. Right. I didn't lose the money, but I've placed the wagers on all of these games. So they were like, if you want to make this bet, we need to see the money, pal. You need to, you need to pony up. But this is, this is where technology is amazing. I went, all right, and I clicked the deposit now. PayPal, Padale, and I made the bet all before the light changed. Which account? All right, let's see. College fund. Uh, yeah, over like, here. This is the mortgage money. This is price. This is Clark's college fund. I got longer to build that back up if I lose it. Let's. Yeah. Then well, I have. I mean, again, Mizzou's banged up, yeah, so let's Mizzou's make a move here. banged up. Let's make a play. Let's make a play. Wagers looking like this. We got one. Right off the bat, we got a game. Here we go. Thanks, Metro Deli. I don't see why not. Give me Louisville and lay the 20 and a half. Not 21 and a half, guys. No, no. 20 and a half. That's a key number. That is tonight. That is tonight. And it makes tonight's Louisville-Virginia game worth watching. Minus 20 and a half. Got me. Michigan, minus four and a half. I'm going to bet against Penn State if they ever play a good team. Always. Every good team they play, I'm betting against them. So I'll take Michigan minus four and a half. Alabama minus 11 against Kentucky. I had a similar bet, if you'll recall, a few weeks back when I told you Georgia, who was fresh off a scare, and Kentucky, who was fresh off a kick in Florida's ass, had all the public money. And I went, no, no, Georgia's going to kill Kentucky. The worst thing Kentucky could have done was beat Florida soundly because now they have Georgia's attention. And Georgia beat Kentucky's ass. Well, and the worst thing that could happen to Kentucky here is that Alabama has a loss. They can't afford anymore, and they got to play style points the rest of the way. Yeah. Motivated. Agreed. Alabama, minus 11 against Kentucky. I got Nebraska on the money line. I'm a little worried about this bet. I got it at plus 110 against Maryland. They're actually catching only two, so that's why I took the money line. Why is Maryland favored? Does anybody have a good answer for this? Uh, isn't Nebraska banged up at quarterback? They're banged up, but Maryland sucks. I, I just, I, mm, I'm not telling you Nebraska's good, but they need it and they're at home. I, 
Give me Nebraska on the money line. Uh, it took Arkansas minus two against Auburn. <laughs> there it is. He's turning it around. Oh, woo pig. Turning it around. First SEC win of the year. And it couldn't have been against a better bunch than the University of Florida, huh? How about was that? How great was that? The heartbreak on the fans' faces in the swamp, this this knowledge that they possessed as they watched Arkansas take the lead. They had to think. Arkansas scored three points against Mississippi State. Three. Mississippi State is awful. Arkansas scored three points against them. They've scored 36 out here today against the Mighty Gators. Mm. That's got to hurt your feelings. Maybe they should break out the black uniforms for our game later this month. That was good. I'll take Georgia lay 10.5 against Ole Miss. I don't believe in Ole Miss. I don't believe in them. I'm taking Georgia to stomp Ole Miss. I think Georgia's elite. I, I do. I think they're they're elite. I, I suspect that they're going to prove it again in this game. I'll take Houston over Cincinnati. Houston's good at home. Cincinnati doesn't have a quarterback. I get to lay less than a field goal. Don't mind if I do. Minus two and a half. Took North Carolina over a really beat up Duke. Really beat up Duke team. Um, that hook is important though. It is. I don't know how Duke gets stops here. I think North Carolina is going to end up running away with this game. Give me the mighty Knowles, baby. Hey. Florida State minus 14 against Miami. I was happy to get rid of the hook there, right? Balls free. Happy to get the cover. I mean, to get that hook removed there. Give me that minus 14 against Miami. Balls free. We'll sweat it late, and then we'll cover. NC State minus two and a half against Wake Forest. Don't like that Wake offense. Give me NC State. It's interesting, though, because they've got to play a quarterback they do not want to play. I know. NC State's guy says, no, nah, I'm certain. We're done. I'm I'm betting the defense <laughs> is what I'm betting. Six to three. <laughs> yeah, I'm not betting uh, NC State's offense because it sucks. But they're on a roll right now, and Dave Doran's a red ass, and he's going to want to win the game, and they play really good defense, and Wake doesn't have an offense, so they'll get short fields for whoever's playing quarterback and they'll kick enough field goals to win 12 to 6, and I've got me a cover. So that's my logic. Give me NC State minus two and a half. I kind of like Boise laying 25. I kind of like about six or seven other games uh, that I didn't mention here. The Tennessee game is one of them, um, which uh, I had to deposit money to bet, but I did. You like the Boise game? I kind of like the Boise game. Yeah. You know who they're playing? Uh, yes, they are playing. Who is Boise playing? Is uh, it some obscure team? Are you going to hit the siren? <laughs> I had it up earlier and I liked them uh, to cover the 20 South Dakota State. It's 25. I know it's a big number. I got to double check who it was. I forgot. I didn't put it in the card, so I forgot who they were playing. But I remember when I was going over the list, I went, kind of like Boise here. There's some over unders that I like on my personal card that I didn't oh, throw in. They're here. playing the Lobos. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Give me, give me Boise. You can hit that siren. <laughs> But I, I didn't put it on my official Redemption Thursday card. So let's see. The siren was feeling lonely. It's Miami week. Sirens like Miami football anyway because they use a lot of them during their home games with their DJ. You didn't think that Houston-Cincinnati was uh, siren worthy? No. No. That's too mainstream? It's the Big 12. It's too mainstream for you. Uh, Nebraska-Maryland. Uh, yeah, you're right. I did, I did kind of went all name teams this week, didn't I? Yeah. Well, not... On my personal card, I have got a lot going on for uh, 
for this weekend. This is a fun weekend. Part of me wants to bet every single game. Oh. So here's what I'm thinking. Uh, before the end of the year, I'm going to pick a Saturday. I don't have any left. And I'm going to bet it. I'll put something on every single game. And then you should play a 20-team parlay for a dollar <laughs> and see if you can hit all of those plays. Somebody I saw out in Vegas put 25 down on a, like a 13-team parlay that he teased and did all kinds of crazy things. won like $87,000. Oh, my. All right. It's a good day at the office, buddy. Man, hit that one, right? That'll fetch you a mediocre linebacker out of the portal. That would fetch my kid going to school and me paying for it, and then there you go. Hey, how about that's them it. apples, that's right? It. I love it. Different what? priorities. Yeah. Different priorities. <laughs> I, can, I can give to the battles in more readily after I've made sure college is taken care of for the boys. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans. A mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. That is really funny, by the way. I seldom is uh, look how public I am in this week's slate. I, I I took every favorite. There's not a single, and you know when you go back and look at the cards, usually it's like I don't know 50 a lot of times. This week I'm like, nope, nope. We're going with we're going with all the favorites. Well, uh, actually, there's one I did take Nebraska on the money line. They're an underdog in the game, so that's not true. I did have one underdog. You hit last week, Boston College tried to lose that football game. But that money line, how the hell are they, you know, not favored in this Illinois game? I hit Illinois on the money line, too. Yeah. But, yeah, but but BC looked terrible in that game. Oh, that game. game was terrible. They looked awful. You talk about ACC going back to the, you know, 2010s. Let me tell you, the ACC, the rest of this league, and, you know, unfortunately, outside of this league, nobody's done us any favors. Uh, LSU losing a third time is kind of negates the importance of your win. Uh, I mean, not the importance of the win for us, but what it means to others. It doesn't look great. Uh, and, you know, Clemson has fallen on their face, obviously. It was nice that they beat Notre Dame. Seven losses between those two programs. Yeah. Tyler. I know. Seven losses. Seven losses. You, you're going to need, you know, you, this is where... Could have done with three or four max between the two of them. When these teams start... Losing games. Like, look, man, I think Miami is better than their record indicates, but that's their record. And they lost to Georgia Tech because they wouldn't take a knee. And this is like, it's a disaster for them. Losing that NC State game, now now you don't get any credit for beating a team that has some pretty good players. Low-key value for the Bulls if they care to be there. ACC teams, a lot of public money going against the ACC. It just angers you. You know, you're like, okay, come on, guys. Don't, don't fall on your face here. Give us a little oh, something here. I mean, they all do. But Boston College did win the game. 
And so that all of a sudden, that's the one team who we looked awful against, and we tried to lose that game despite having a big lead, and then we were knocked for that over and over and over again. And now you can, you know, refute that a little bit, being like, you mean going to a bowl, Boston College? Is that what you're saying is an awful game? I mean, so you you got a little help there, but that's about it. No, between you need Louisville to keep winning. Wake Duke and BC Syracuse on back-to-back nights was everything it has been for the bulk of their existence mm. in this conference. Even though in September it looked like most of those teams, most of them out of the four, are decent football teams. No, not last week. Good God, my eyes were bleeding. Ridiculous. Gonna need, um, yeah, we're gonna need. Louisville to continue to play well and, and get wins. Listen, I, I think they're one of the most well-coached teams in the conference. Uh, that was a, you know, they've been dying to get Braun back. They did. It was the right hire. He's going to do a good job there. He's going to get whatever you can get out of Louisville. And, um, you know, I actually also think that they're a worthy opponent in Charlotte. You, you're going to have to play well to win the game. You're not just going to go up there and stomp their ass. You have to play well. In fact, Big picture here, I think Florida State has to play well in three more games uh, before you get to a playoff. I think you have to play well Saturday to win. I think you're going to have to play well on the road against Florida. Florida is not a great football team. I'm not trying to argue that. But what I will say is that Florida does some things that could bother you. Um, if you if you look at them, uh, and it's kind of interesting, the Montrell-Johnson-Jr.-Trevor-ATN combination, has rushed for over 1,000 yards and 5.6 yards per carry. So they've been able to run the ball pretty well. We don't always shut down the run. <laughs> so, you know, this just my point would be you're going to have to go into the game and play well on the road against a rival who's probably playing just to ruin your season. That's fair. I'd say if you're looking at both of those games and you're going to talk about the race, what's the higher number? Florida, you got to score more points in the race to beat Florida than you do this weekend. Yes. Okay. Is it significantly higher? Is it? What do you think it is? I don't, this weekend? I, Miami's so we'll o- Miami's offense has been broken. I don't yeah. trust their offense one bit. And if they're going to play Van Dyke, I, I I think it's problematic. So the race this weekend for us is probably to twenty one, maybe twenty four. Okay. I would think the race would probably be a little bit higher than that against Florida. Hmm. Well, we're eighty eighth in rushing success rate. We don't run the ball all that well. We're kind of almost by definition when we walk on the field one-dimensional. That's who we are. Now, we... We're explosive in the running. We are. <laughs> but we're 56th in rushing uh, success rate allowed. So we don't dominate the line of scrimmage against the run. We're good against it. We're just not elite. We're good against the traditional run. Like These two rivalry games are good tests about how good are we really against the traditional run. Yeah, I I think they're a good defense, Tom. I think Florida State's a good defense. They're not a great defense. There are some numbers that are going to be spectacular. We've played a bunch of hobbled, backup, sorry-ass quarterbacks, in, just like last year, and we've been able to mount numbers. And at the in big picture, if you're making an argument, you'll pick and choose the numbers you like, and you would say, well, Florida State's good at this, this, and this. But we don't really know how good. And we found this out last year when we played Florida and Oklahoma in back-to-back games. All these statistics were trending in the right direction for Florida State defensively, and then we played Florida and Oklahoma and couldn't get stops. We're like, this is ridiculous. These two teams stink, and we couldn't get stops. We've got much better depth in the defensive interior this year, even without Daryl Jackson. That's one thing we thought in the preseason, and and it's been true. It's been true. And hopefully Dennis Briggs gets back in the fold. Got to get him back. He was playing well before he was out. 
So, yeah, I think we do. I'm not trying to disparage what we are. I think we're a good football team. I think we're a very good football team. I think we have elements of our football team that are exceptional. But I think we have other elements that are really, you know, either untested or problematic. You know, where you kind of like, that's fair. I think this is a year where most teams, in fact, no team can say they're elite across the board. There, There isn't one. Not this year. In years past, yeah. But every team that's up there, that's with us in the top four, top six. Well, they we have, don't. They have a flaw. Yeah, probably. We we don't know, and this is the problem with their schedule. We don't know if Michigan's flawed. I don't know. They haven't had to play anybody that could show it. Yeah, the last real team they played was TCU. I mean, they they have beat the brakes off of everybody. I mean, now the best win they have is the win over Rutgers. It was UNLV. <laughs> I mean, what is what does that tell you? You know, so. We don't know about Michigan. Now, I would. I think you're going to find a little. So you're, you're going to get an examination this weekend uh, because I don't think Penn State is good enough to win on offense, but I think their defense is pretty good. Right. And so if it's twenty test, to ten or twenty-one yeah. to ten, that's good enough where you say, "Oh, uh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah." I guess the real defense, you might not be what we thought you were. Uh, the last two weeks, Michigan has not run the ball as well as they were earlier in the year. So, if you're a Penn State fan. You cling to that and hope like hell you can make them one-dimensional. Noon kickoff hurts them, though. Yeah. Franklin needs to get a win over somebody who's any good. He's got to get a win at some point. I mean, go ahead and start now. I think the whole world's rooting against Michigan at this point. Cheating asses. And and who likes Harbaugh? Nobody. I bet his parents hate him. I mean, this he's a tough dude to like. Yeah, his imaginary friends don't even like he's him. He's nuts, and it's annoying, and the whole shtick is annoying. Remember him calling all the timeouts at the end of the Orange Bowl when we oh, beat them? You're damn right I do. Ridiculous. That's who he is. And, you know, so now listen, I don't ignore the fact that he's also won everywhere he's ever been. He, he's a good coach. He is. He's an annoying a-hole, but he's a good coach. I just don't know how good this Michigan team is. It's hard to kind of figure out. Well, and how much are signals worth? That's the other thing. You can ask that question. It's a legitimate question. It is, but how I mean, he did, I doubt he was stealing signals at Stanford. He won at Stanford, no, for no, Christ's no, no, sakes. No, no. He won, you know, the 49ers. I mean, you yeah. go on down the line. He may have been. Who knows? But it does. <laughs> what I'm saying is for the here and now with Michigan, this team. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, you're 10 right. 10 points a game? You don't know. You don't know. It's hard to because apparently they're very good at it. They were very. They had they had the system down pat. Because it's not easy. No, I mean, it's not. You, you got to play it, two chessboards at the same time. Even if you're a defender on the field, like if you're the linebacker yeah. calling in the signals, and then there's the second set of signals, which is this is what they're going to run beyond our call. You got to do two different things at once. That's a very difficult. But ask. at the end of the day, if I know what direction the play is going, right? Yeah. I mean, you're in trouble. We're going to yeah. have a good day. I know what direct. Yeah. Just I just need to know what direction that's, the play is going. That's the key thing. You know, I, I kind of like Gidry. I really do. This week at his press conference, they're asking him about counter like 94 times. Right. And he's trying to be kind because we're not good at it this year. He's like, I get it, guys. I wasn't here last year. Okay. Yeah. They ran it last year. They that's ran last counter story. over and over and yeah. over again against us. And, what, and oh, by the way, I'd like to say this, but I don't want to insult them. They don't run counter worth a damn this year. No. And they said, what's the key to stop? He goes, well, we've played counter earlier this year. Like, he's starting to lose his mind. He goes, I would love to know which way they're going to run it. Now that (laughs) would help. It's huge. That would help. It's huge. Anytime a team that, you know, for whatever reason they have a tell, used to be you look at offensive linemen's knuckles, 
You can tell I if it was a run or pass. The depth of the guards. Based on the pressure on their hands. Usually you can see if a guard is going to pull based upon where oh, he well, is relative to the hips of the we, other ones. We've had some tells. Yes. And it's annoyed the hell out of me. I've wanted to bring this up, but it's like not my place. I've wanted to pull Mike aside and be like, you realize you got some tells, man. Let's get a grip here. Well, we throw out of every one of those counter looks, so that's I think that's probably why. Yeah. I'm going to keep you honest there because I've got a bubble. And if you really want to oversell. We can we can throw out every hello. one of those. Yeah, that is absolutely true. Um, it's just a fascinating, kind of a fascinating deal to see what Michigan is. If that Now, what's going to – every time I try to have any faith in Penn State – <laughs> What's interesting I mean, here like is, if Michigan, is don't you come on now? Don't act like none of us are going to be. You know, we're not going to be in shock when we're watching this game on Saturday. We're like, oh, looks like Michigan's up twenty-one to nothing in the second. You're not going to be like, oh, that's stunning. <laughs> no, I, I find this interesting. I agree with you, and this is this point has been well documented on this show before many others, yes. most others in the country. And yet, it sounds like you're trying to summon hope in Penn State. I want to because I want to believe in their defense. I, if you can get this into the second half and have it be close with all the stuff swirling around Michigan, come on, let's you're, let's get into a weird place. You're, yeah, you're Gene Hackman in Tenenbaums right now. He can't do it. He can't beat Michigan. But if he could. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but if he could, man, it would be awesome to see. It would be something to behold um, because you would eliminate Michigan. Their schedule is so yeah, bad. No, they're they're done. done. It is over. A loss, and they are out of it. I don't care if they beat Ohio State by 100. It doesn't matter. They're out. Their schedule is so awful, they are automatically removed com- from contention. We're done here. Yeah, 100%. I agree. You'd play Iowa in the uh, Big Ten Championship, big whoop. <laughs> 12 and 1 with a loss to Penn State. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're done. Get the hell out of here. Strength of record. Let's see. It's, it's not triple digits, it's, it's triple letters. Oh, yeah. A S S. There's your strength <laughs> of record. Well, with all that stuff swirling around, um, you know, they're, they're probably looking. I, I don't know. I can't read the committee, but you got to believe the committee's looking for a reason. Hell, let that be 21-20 over Penn State. Dropping them to six. No, get get out of here. Yes. Get get out of here. You're done. Nonsense. You get out of here. Drop Pitt to 22. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious to see if um, at any point that game is within a score mid-third quarter. You get that situation. I do think the weight, the magnitude of what's happening with the controversy and the pressure to win. We're in the similar boat. I mean, I don't mean not not the controversy, but any of these teams now that have everything in the world to play for, we're at the stage of the season now where you see the light at the end of the tunnel. You recognize it's not week four. I mean, you're now at a place where you realize we have precious few games and these many of these teams have really nothing left to play for, the opponents. And so, you know, Except to make their season and make their lives right, in a certain right, circumstance. Right, Yeah, they yeah so that all these coaches, some of them are coaching desperate. You know, think about how desperate Billy Napier is going to be. I, it is crazy to me. They had another situation. Now, this is where it doesn't matter if I think the X's and O's of Coach Napier are something that I would respect. It doesn't matter, okay? 
as a head coach right now, unequivocally, he's failing. The one area that he's succeeding is in recruiting right now. Okay, but that goes away with more losses. Yeah, you go five and seven. Yeah, so he's he's recruiting well. So that's the one area he's succeeding. There is no – I don't care if it's Florida or anybody else. If it were here, we would be screaming it from the mountaintop, okay? They had a situation where they had 10 men on the field on special teams on the field goal block um, against Arkansas. I do not understand – how you could be this far along in a season and continue to have 10 men on the field issues and special teams issues. I know they don't have a special teams coach, but somebody's in charge of it. And this is crazy. This happens every Saturday. And then he's indignant when he's asked about it. He doesn't understand why reporters continue to bring up like, hey, my man, we just had this conversation and you said it was going to get fixed. We're going into the 10th game of the, what is going on? Yeah, and let's just say that they do arrive on that Saturday after Thanksgiving, and they're five and six, which means they have lost four in a row. They need that win to go to a bowl. How much would they care at that point? Though? Well, you know, you would really—that would be a chin check again for another opponent because their last win would be a fluke win over South Carolina. That was a fluke comeback, given the situation that they were in, the points that they were down with they were the time remaining with on four the minutes to play. They. I guess you could call it a fluke. It's a double Ca- deflection catch to continue a drive. But I mean, South like, Carolina's terrible, though. That, that's what South but, Carolina does. Yeah. But my point would be you're in an insurmountable, nearly insurmountable position at South Carolina, yeah, and no, you no, need some no, flukes good. to go your way to beat them, and that's the only reason you're 5-7 and seven, mm-hmm. and you're not 4-8. and eight. That would be the talking point down there. I hate it for them if that's what happens. Would you give me Florida in 14-and-a-half this weekend against LSU? I have to go with the imperfect knowledge of what LSU's quarterback situation is. Or He's going to play. He was at practice this week. I don't know. It's a good number. It's a good number, isn't it? It's about LSU's emotional state uh, that's more right. than anything That's exactly else. what it's about. It's yeah. a weird spot game, and it's a desperate spot. It? It's at LSU. It's a 7.30 kick? Hmm. I mean, they'll be I'd rabid. Be, uh, that defense, though, 14 and a hook for that defense? That's what oh. I'm saying. I, I'm, I'm leaning Florida in that situation. Uh, if you're going to give me 14 and a half, I think I, I, think I would have to take oh, it. Wow. I don't know that I would like it. I'd no, hold it's... my nose, but I think I would have to take it. You're betting LSU's defensive ineptitude yeah. against Florida's will to compete. Interesting. Coming off of a loss to Arkansas. Well, interesting. And, and where's, where's LSU's state of mind coming off of a loss that really takes them out of everything? If Daniels is playing, they'll rise up and play for him, though. I mean, he, he's people are still talking about him like he's going to win the Heisman. Well, he can't. He's got three losses. So, I don't care if the kid is the best quarterback in the country or not. You've lost three times. Well, you, Lamar did, and winning. he had three or four losses. That, That's what they're going to hang their hat on. Well, I agree. I There are other worthy candidates. The year Lamar won, there was nobody. Well, and also, Lamar was – I mean, that was a freak of nature. This kid's numbers, though, in terms oh, of Oh, I love Jaden Daniels' numbers. Yeah. passing numbers yeah. are all, through the roof. In terms yeah. of completion percentage, efficiency, all that stuff. So the neighbor's kid beat the hell out of a a, a teammate in the locker room. Uh, again? Yeah. Oh, God. He's like legitimately a bad dude, I think. Uh, well, you never know well, what the kid said. Uh, it's multiple times that he's <laughs> he's beating teammates. Maybe up. he's I mean, cleaning up the locker room one fight at a time. <laughs> Next up, in the, in the it's you, 76. <laughs> I'm coming for you, 76. It, it's a culture flip, and I will flip it. Come take this ass whipping whipping this Wednesday, buddy. I'm rolling in here, fist flying. And after that, 54, I'm coming for you too.
that's got to be at least five or six fights now for them uh, because they had at least two that were reported on in camp. There's a part of me that thinks that this is Brian Kelly should win Coach of the Year. <laughs> How the hell they compete every weekend? They're steady beating the bejesus out of one another after every practice. They hate each other. And they're out there playing their ass off the other night against Alabama. They were playing until he got hurt. I don't know what the title was with my family. <laughs> family. Was it our points per week or was it our fights for the year? I mean, there'll be a special about this. Like, you know, six years from now, let's say LSU wins a title under Kelly. He's going to be like, I remember that first couple of years. Whew, every day, another ass kicking, huh? Boys, we are family. <laughs> Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. 